Welcome back to Everyday Dadding. Uh, it's great to be with you. My name is Ben and I'm joined as ever by my good friend. Robin, hello. It's nice to be uh, back with you again. We've got a, a double header for you um, over the next two episodes. Um, I would like to introduce, you to introduce you to my good friend, Matthew Mason. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Robin. Hello, Ben. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Matthew. Um, I am a dad of uh, three children. We've got two daughters who are 18 and 16 this weekend and a son who's seven uh live in Salisbury I've been a pastor for a number of years and now I work teaching ethics ethics um it, that's one of my favorite counties in England yeah thank just, you just uh, second only to Suffolk you just saved me a dad joke well done Robert. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing that one but have you have you got a dad joke for us well it wasn't that one was it it wasn't that one mercy oh that's that's yeah. probably good yeah no knock knock who's there Granddad, stop the funeral! <laughs> oh dear, that's quite dark. That's quite dark. <laughs> I was, uh, I, to be honest, I went out, I went through the list and culled the dark ones. Hence, <laughs> <laughs> a career as an ethics teacher. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a former career, I think. Once this goes out. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true of most of our podcast, Matthew. <laughs> career ending. Career ending. Another career Jimmy ending Carl. low for everyday dadding. Well done. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's good to end on a bang, though. So, um, Matthew, we uh, would love to chat to you about um, the body, uh, the human body, and how we help our children to have healthy views of their bodies. So just... Just give us a little bit of kind of background. How, how important, give us a bit of ethics. How important is the body for Christians? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, really important. I mean, centrally important. I mean, just think about some of the main sort of moments in the story of the Bible. Think about creation. Um, and, you know, we are actually that the Genesis 1 describes not so much the heavenly spiritual realm and the creation of the angels, but it describes the creation of a physical world with uh, trees and plants and animals and birds and, and then climaxing with the creation of Adam and Eve. And then in Genesis 2, we're told, you know, Adam's formed, his body is formed. Uh, the, the word there is like God being a potter forming uh, a, a beautiful piece of pottery from the dust of the ground. Eve is built from Adam's rib. So the focus is actually on their bodies. So creation, our bodies are good. Um, then think about the incarnation. There's one theologian who says, you know, in the incarnation, um, the body enters theology by the front door. It's like, what could be more extraordinary that, than that God's son would actually take a human soul and body to himself, that, that it, the word became flesh. And then think of you know, where we're heading, not disembodied souls in God's presence forever, but the resurrection of the body. And um, think about the heart of the Christian faith. What's the heart of the Christian faith? It is that in our flesh, Jesus dies our death. His body is nailed to a cross. His blood is poured out for us. And then three days later, he's raised again. 
and the tomb is empty. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can think of anything that's in many ways more important than the body for life and for Christian faith. And although the Bible and Christian theology is clear that we are we are souls as well as bodies, there's not a sharp distinction there. And it's not like the soul is the real me and the body is just like the, the vehicle that carries me around. But actually, God created and redeemed the whole of us, including our bodies. And that's really interesting. And so what, what are some of the ways, do you think, in which children might misunderstand the, their bodies and the body? Yeah. I've been pondering this question. I think one of the things that occurs to me is how at home in their bodies little children are. This is really natural, isn't it? They are very just very comfortable with themselves and a lot of the early years is just slowly learning that they have this body that is them but then inhabiting it learning to walk moving around rolling around uh, playing running and it's just very natural and I have been sort of thinking you know what what happens <laughs> to make us feel less comfortable or less aware of our bodies um and I, I think it's as they get older that the problems potentially might start to arise. Um, I mean, there's a lot of us feel a, quite a lot of awkwardness with our bodies. And that can be from quite a young age, I think, but and then even more so during puberty. But if you're not, if you're not a kind of sporty kid, maybe, or if you're aware that you're a bit overweight, or I was I was a very, 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 very skinny kid and intensely self-conscious about that. Um, kids who've been abused can have a very confused relationship with their bodies, I think, where there's a right way in which you want to say your body is yours and you, you're right to protect it from other people. Um, the flip side of that is particularly as they get older and into teenage years, that sort of thing about my body is my body and I can do whatever I want with it um, can be a thing. So I think there's actually too little ownership of my body, um, but then also too much ownership of my body and saying it's closed off and I, you can't tell me what to do with my body and neither can God. Um, then again in teens, you know, your body just becomes this kind of pleasure palace. And that can be seen with alcohol and food and sex and, uh, you know, exercise and working out and trying to craft the perfect body. So it can be something that's that's horrible and that you're uncomfortable with and you, you loathe. Or it can be this thing that you just use for your own pleasure and indulge in every way. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of ways for it to go wrong and to get a bit muddled up. And, and oddly, I think. I wonder how much just what we say as dads and what we do as dads and, and mums as well can contribute to that. Go on. What, what, what do you mean by that? Where, where do you think we might be saying unhelpful things where which perhaps um, cause our, our children to to be uncomfortable in their bodies or to feel like their bodies are not not theirs or, or too much theirs or, or, or yeah. not right in some way? Well, so here's just um, two or three examples. I'm, I'm conscious, like, yeah, I, my, my son loves wrestling with me. 
um, but there are definite boundaries where he's like, no, I don't like that, stop. Like he really hates being tickled. And so it's just like, it's a rule in our house, no tickling. Like he has the right to say no to that. And just because I'm bigger and I think it's funny doesn't mean I can do it. Um, so part of that is just respecting his, the boundaries of his own body. Um, I, I know someone who grew up with parents who were forever on diets and has just got a really uncomfortable relationship with food because they just think of food and weight as this kind of always this threat hanging over them. Um, like I said, I grew up, I was very, very skinny and everyone commented on it all the time. Um, and, you know, I had nicknames at home that were down to me being skinny. And it just made me incredibly self-conscious. So I think just trying to be mindful of how we talk about our own bodies, how we talk about our children's bodies. Um, yeah, it's just... Is there, is there a sense in which we can say at that point, well, look, God, God has made all of us different shapes and sizes and, and, and there's a beauty beauty in that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, so we do talk about, you know, we do talk about food with our kids and eating healthily and avoiding too much cake or sweets or whatever, but in a fairly non-intense way and, our, you know, and recognising our children are different heights and weights and it's fine. It's just who they are. And just not making a big deal about it. Uh, I think... I might be over overreacting, but I just don't comment on. I tell my daughters they're beautiful. I, you know, it's a big thing with my son that he's growing big and strong and all that kind of thing. So I think actually that kind of encouraging, affirming thing where he just wants to be big and strong and that, yeah, allowing him to do that and allowing him to show his strength against me, actually. Like he's allowed to beat me up when we're wrestling. And then sometimes it's really good for him when he realizes he's not as big and strong as me <laughs> yet <laughs> yet um, i think my 18 year old daughter probably is but you know that's a different thing entirely i mean i think a little bit like you I, I, ben i don't think this is true of you but i was a, i was the skinny kid as well uh, when i started playing rugby they made me the prop forward i i, I don't know why uh, but i you could see my rib cage but i i, I really like that idea of of um you know as i, I as a child grows, they're kind of working out how their body, what their body is and what it isn't and, and how that how that works. And seeing that through puberty, you know, I have a 13 year old son who's who's still not quite used to how suddenly he's he's big. So when he when we're sledging and he jumps on dad's back, it is now quite painful. Um, and I have to say to him, oh, that was that was sore. Um, so. I'm just thinking, what what are the messages that, that that the world and how does the world give these messages that um, undermine that kind of biblical goodness of the body, either in a way that a way that says your your body doesn't really matter, or your body is is everything. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of pressure, isn't there? Just just how you look. Um, and just the, the images we're constantly bombarded with. We are constantly bombarded with images of male and female, quote unquote, perfection. Um, we, 
again, it's going to vary from family to family, but you'll find. So, I, you know, that the, the lines of the world and us are, are very blurred, aren't they? Because we so much are part of the world we live in. Um, but I think you can have the kind of obsessive health focused teenager. Partly because their parents are. Um, or you can have the couch potato junk food eating teenager, partly because their parents are. It's no surprise when you look at the school gates and sort of see, oh, look, those children have roughly the same kind of body that their parents have for good or ill. Um, and then I just think we naturally make fun of people. There's, I mean, that's partly a British thing, isn't it? The whole banter thing, which I quite like, um, but I recognizing there are, are limits to that. Um, yeah, but I just think I, we don't have a, <clears throat> we watch a lot of sort of stuff, but we don't actually have a telly. And so things like Love Island just don't appear in our lives. Um, but I reckon there'd be a whole lot of stuff around that if they did. And, doubt, and doubtless they do appear in my kids' eye, uh, lives because they they go to school and have friends and yeah. How, how do you think we help our kids as they kind of start to get to the age where they start to become conscious of their body? I mean, mm. There's that beautiful period early in life, is it, where you go to the beach, they just run around in their pants, they don't care. <laughs> you know, there's that kind of that, but then, then something kind of slowly start, the penny starts to drop and they start changing behind a towel. Um, yeah. and those kind of things and, and so whilst it's I guess on one hand affirming the the beauty of diversity of what God has created and and um, all those kind of things is all is all well and good but how, how might we as dads help our kids if, if they just don't like the beautiful body that God has given them yeah you know if they're sat there actually well they, they wanted to be <clears throat> they would much rather be like this and what they're given is this and they just yeah and they're almost angry at god because of that yeah well i i think there's a teaching component that i'll come on to in a minute um but what, one of the things that that occurs to me is again one of the one of the things that happens very naturally with younger children is just that sort of physical affection physical contact um the you know you wrestle with them they climb up into your lap to for you to read them a story they just come you know see at the end of the day you arrive home and they they run towards you and give you a big hug and and they give you a kiss at the school gates and all that kind of thing they hold your hand very naturally as they're walking along and and it seems to me these things kind of tend to shift at the same time and part of it is as dads being proactive in just maintaining appropriate physical contact and affection with our children. So with, with the lads, actually, I do, I do think a good wrestle is a really good thing. But with the girls, be, being able to be affectionate in a non-sexual way with them, um, that, that actually there's just something about your body being touched or stroked or, you know, whatever it is, being given a hug that, that just actually, I mean, I think there's scientific research that shows one of the things when your child is distressed, that he, particularly a dad's hug can be a huge thing. And so I know of someone who's 
got a child who really just doesn't want to be touched, doesn't want hugs, pulls away. But this dad has kind of gone, you know, every day, even if it is just putting my hand on his shoulder for a moment, I'm going to do that. And he's just made a commitment that he'll do that every day. Um, so I think that's part of it. Um, I think open communication about when you know when you notice um, just saying to your daughter saying you're really beautiful you know um, is a big thing um, and then going back a bit I think this needs to start young just communicating God is an extraordinary creator and just the goodness of I've been so struck by Psalm 139, where David says, you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And there's that sense of this is really skill, intricately woven, really skillful. And to, to communicate to them, your body was really well made. You may not like it very much, but it was really well made. It is a good gift of a wise God. And so David's reaction, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just wonder if, I mean, it's something I try and do now for myself. And just developing that habit in prayer of thanking God for our bodies, thanking God for the way they develop. And being proactive with your kids about th these are the changes that are going to happen to your body. And this is why. These are the changes your body is going through. And this is why. Um, and being the ones to have that conversation, I think, is huge. So my, you know, my son kicked me in the nuts the other day. Oy. And I mean, that that's kind of he found my boundary for physical abuse. <laughs> you know, that's like, <laughs> OK, we're going to stop there. And, I'm, and I just said, you know, when you did that and we, I just explained, you know, you know, you know, that bag and, you know, it's got balls in it. Well, and I will I'll just go, well, that's called your scrotum and those are your testicles. And they're very tender. And, and then he just brilliantly said, what, why do men have those? And so I just said, well, you know, they're, they're part of a man's body that when a man and a woman are going to have children, that's part of the man's body that God has given us that, that does part of that job. Um, and, you know, that, that was enough. Oh, fine. We're off. And he just, you know, he probably just gave me a belly punch or something. But, um, but I think finding those moments, like to very unembarrassedly say, you know, those are called breasts. <laughs> That's what women have. Um, and, and, and so, you know, for a girl, you're not getting fat when you go through puberty, right? This is just a very natural and beautiful thing that is happening with your body. For a lad, you're tall and gangly, but you're going to grow into that kind of tall and gangliness, whatever it is. And I think just talking through those things in very open and honest ways. Because I think that can be quite scary, can't it? Hmm. For a kind of pubescent yeah. young person, suddenly changes are happening. And if we've not talked it through, we've not prepared them for it, that can be a very kind of disorientating thing for them. Yeah. And for all that I was very skinny, I hit puberty very early relative to my school friends. And so the, the time I first talked about it was lads commenting on it in the changing room. Huh. You know, 
and that that frames how you think about these things yes 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 um, so, so we, yeah, we so, want to be we want to be shaping their understanding rather than yeah. their friends at school or, or the school teachers or, yeah and, and and i think one of the things is you know all of those puberty changes are sexual in in form but we live in such a hypersexualized society and culture that actually realizing we need to be able to talk about these things in a healthy way rather than them being something you're ashamed of they suddenly you're getting erections all the time yeah, yeah. or whatever Matthew, that's so helpful, so thoughtful. Um, I'm sure there's loads more that we could be talking about um, around the body. I wonder if it's something that you've thought about at home uh, before, perhaps you've got questions coming off the back of it that you'd like to send in to us. Yeah, well, the good news is, is that we're not done with Matthew. There'll be another episode following next week where we pick up some, some more of this uh, themes about how we uh, help our kids understand their body and particularly address the issue um, of, of what if they don't feel like they belong in their body. Um, and all the uh, gender politics and identity that surrounds that. Uh, but until uh, next time, it's goodbye. Do stay in touch with us. Uh, you can email everydaydanning at gmail.com or check out the website everydaydanning.com uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye.